Um, hey, today, uh, I'm excited for today. Hey, today, we're going to jump right into the Word. Is that cool? I want to read this to you guys out of Mark chapter 2. Um, this is Mark chapter 2, the gospel according to Mark. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Everyone say home. We always say welcome home. Air Active Church, welcome home. Uh, I believe that God is, is into like family. I think he's really, really into family. I think he's into uh, being in, in your home, okay? Not just on Sundays, but being in your home. And, and it says they, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. There were so many people that wanted to see Jesus. You know, it's funny how we have such a divided culture at times, it seems, but more often than not, people really, really want to know, man, if this whole Jesus thing is real, they want, to, they want to see it lived out. And it says here, it says that they came in, there was no room left, not even a door, and he preached the word to them. Verse 3, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, watch what they do. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. How many of you guys know, like, you're, you're the homeowner, you're like, really, guys? Really? I open my home up for this? You know when you're having a party, you can never enjoy it because you're always like, you know, and all of a sudden someone barges in, you're like, it's going great, everyone's got a drink, Jesus is good, and all of a sudden, <laughs> your roof gets ripped open. I don't know why, the Bible's funny to me. And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, everyone say, their faith. Not the man's faith. When Jesus saw their faith, the four guys that were like, we're going to do this, dude. We're going to lower. Watch this, right? Their faith. Jesus saw their faith and watch this. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fella talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately, Jesus knew he was, knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking. Jesus knew what people were thinking before they even said it. Could you imagine being around the son of God? Just, he's like, don't do that. You're like, what? I didn't do anything. He's like, don't, don't think that. What? God knew, the Son of Man knew their, he knew in their hearts what exactly was going on. He knew that they didn't like that, that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't like what he said. So he, he says this, why are you thinking these things? And he asked him a rhetorical question. Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. So he got up, he took up his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anyone like this. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on the subject of it's time to get up. It's time to get up. Would you pray with me? 
Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. It's true. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving in this place, God, and we love you so much. Now use this time to, to help draw us closer to you. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said amen, amen. Thank you so much. It's time to get up. Look at your neighbor say, it's time to get up. It's time to wake up. I tell my kids that all the time in the morning. Guys, and it starts off so sweet. I have a song I sing. It's kind of like the Kit Kat song. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up and go to school. And then they go, Ugh! and then they kind of like get away. They kind of roll over. And then the next time I get, come in, I turn the light on to open the blinds. And I say the same thing. And they usually don't like that because it's a little bit louder. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to get, and then the third, fourth time, I'm like, it's, it's time to get up, okay? No, they're pretty good. They usually, they usually don't get up. Usually they get up around the third time. Sometimes they get up. Um, I, uh, this man, uh, this is an interesting story. First of all, I'm glad that you're here. I want to do, uh, do me a big favor. We're going to welcome everyone joining us online right now. Give a big active church welcome to our online church family. Come on. Love you guys. Glad you're watching. Let us know where you're watching from. And do me a favor. If you're watching this right now or watching it later, give this uh, video a share uh, you never know who's on the other side of that share. Someone might be, be needing to hear this message today. And I believe God's got a word for someone, whether you're online or here in the room. Uh, but the people in the room right now, you guys are my favorite, just so you know. This first, have I told you first service is my favorite? It's my favorite service, okay? You don't believe me. I, I, this is my favorite service. So you guys talk back. You say amen when it's good. It's lonely up here. These, these, brights, these, these brights are light, I was gonna say. These lights are bright, see? It's, it's hard. It's hard to talk. I was at a birthday or a Halloween party yesterday, and uh, speaking of difficult, and I was, you know when you roll up to a party, and we were like a few minutes late. I, my, my wife and I, we, we're working on it. Uh, we're chronically late people sometimes. We're about five minutes late. I'm usually on time, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it, it, I love my wife. I love you, Stacey. I'm not gonna say nothing right now because uh, I, wanna, I wanna, you know, be close to my wife. Um, but sometimes she's like, hey, we're working on it, you know, we're trying to like, we're, I, I, we've like worked, like even like, we have a therapist, so you guys know, and we talk about like once a month, we sit down with a therapist, and that was one of the things that we talked about, was like, hey, I was like, I, you know, I have a protest, I feel like, you know, I started using I feel statements, when we're running late, it makes me feel like, and, and she's like, I didn't know that, so we're making some breakthrough, but we were a little bit late, I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, you guys are going to judge me, judge me, okay, whatever, um, and so I remember like we rolled up late and I'm, I'm, I get out of the truck and I'm dressed like a stormtrooper and my kids, are, we're all like Star Wars out and uh, Hadley's dressed like Ray and uh, Brixton has Mandalorian costume and Stacey's like a Jedi. And so we get out the, the car and we roll up and we're like in the middle of the party. Like there, it's full on going and there's a, a obstacle course. And of course, I'm like, they look at me and the stormtrooper like, stormtrooper! You're up. And I'm like, what? I just got here. I don't even know these people that well. Like, literally, it's my kid's friend from, or my, my son's friend from school. It's his parents. And uh, they live right down the street from us. So I'm like, okay, I'm, what, 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 what am I doing? They're like, we're going to give a $50 gift card out. Whoever wins this obstacle course, best time wins. I'm like, okay, uh, let's do this. I'm like, all right. You know, I'm like, I'm not stretched, but I'm like, I'm game. Because one of my top five, like, Literally, my Gallup Strength Finders, my number two is competition. Like, I want, I'm positive, and competition are my top two. So I'm positive I can win this game, okay? 
Here's the caveat. The, the, the dad, David's dad, my kid's friend, is a CHP officer, okay? So I'm like, are they blindfolded? What are they wearing? He's like, the guy's like, no. He's like, David, uh, Steve has uh, drunk goggles he got from work. So he's got the, like, the drunkest ones. You have to put on these like, goggles that impair your vision and run the gauntlet. I was like, oh my gosh. So uh, this obstacle course got really, really difficult. And uh, I'll be, so you know, I had the best time until a leprechaun named Bo beat my time. So I got second place. But the obstacle course is way harder because you couldn't see. And, and sometimes, it, this is a transition, okay? So you know, you're going somewhere. So oftentimes in life, you have a place where you want to end up. You got something that you see in front of you, but there's obstacles that get in the way, right? We all have obstacles in our life. For me, it was the, it was the uh, you're not going to pass the field sobriety test goggles, Okay. <laughs> And I put those on, I'm trying to run, but I'm like running crooked. And, and, and so maybe your obstacles aren't like something as silly as, you know, uh, uh, goggles that impair your vision, but you have obstacles that get from where, where you're at right now. You're not where you wanna be, none of us are. We always like, man, if I could just, and I, if I, I have a goal. But so oftentimes we have these obstacles that keep us away from, not only from Jesus, but keep us away from living the life that God ultimately has for us. And, and right now today on this Halloween, uh, you know, October 31st, I just wanna share with you a story about this man who had some obstacles because you have obstacles and God has answers, amen? And it's, you, it's very rarely you trying to figure out your own life. You know, like you have obstacles like fear, right? You have fear that things that keep you back, things that you wanna do, but you're like, ah, I don't know if I wanna do that. Maybe you're fearful of trying something new that's gonna help you get a new skill or acquire some new position or maybe it's, a, it's stepping out in faith and starting that business. You're like, oh, can I really do this right now? Maybe your obstacles are, here's, here's one I'm trying to help my kids with, a lack of clarity. What do you want? I think this is really difficult in our day and age because we have everything. At, we, we could watch a YouTube video about how to build a rocket ship. Like you could literally, you could figure out anything on YouTube. There's so many options, but, but here's the challenge. So oftentimes we don't know what we want because we're not really clear about what our values are and therefore we don't know what to do next. Maybe, you're, maybe your obstacle today is you don't even know what you truly want. You should, you should sit down with a notebook and turn turn your phone off and start asking God, Lord, what do I really, what is it that you really want for my life? And start, and here's what he's gonna ask you. What do you wanna do? I think we over-spiritualize it. Lord, what, what shall be your will for, my, for thine life, my Lord? And he's like, usually God's like, I feel like God's like, just glorify me, whatever you do. What do you wanna do? Usually God uses your interests and your likes and your, and your proclivities and things you're good at, your strengths. If you're really good at taking photos and you love taking photos and you work at Trader Joe's, but you're like, I love photos. Well, maybe figure out a way to keep working at Trader Joe's to pay the bills and keep the lights on until you can start up your wedding photography business. And then eventually you could travel the world being a photographer. I don't know. And you can give glory to God doing anything you put your mind to. Amen. But maybe you have some obstacles. People are getting in your way. Anyone have a person ever get in your way? Maybe like at work. You got like, man, work would be great, but this, but Larry from accounting, gosh, you know, it's like, maybe you're, you know, you have a person, you're like, if I could just get rid of them, you know, anyone have someone, a person, ever had that? Be honest at church, you're, you had a person that got in your way, it was an obstacle from you growing. If you're married to them, do not raise your hand right now. Do not, don't do that, you know. We all have obstacles, we all have them. So we see this guy. 
He's paralyzed, and his obstacle is that Jesus is here, the healer is here, the Messiah, the one that can fix me, is right in that room, but I can't get in the room because there's too many people in my way. Let's go back and let's look at the story again. A few days later, when Jesus again entered uh, Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So they gathered in such large numbers. Why were there such large numbers? Well, they were there to hear Jesus. There was no more room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Here's the first thought. Here's an idea. The reason why they decided to get together was to listen to the teachings of Jesus. They weren't coming for a party. They weren't coming for, uh, a, you know, just, you know, an event. They wanted to sit down and hear about what does this man that can heal, that can give sight to the blind, that can heal people, what does he have to say? And in this community in the first century, so you know, a lot of times we go, well, of course they went to Jesus's house. They went to, they went to the house. They had nothing better to do. <laughs> Like they had nothing to do. They were just sitting around. No, 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 no. If you were living in the first century, you had a lot to do. Life was really difficult. It's so funny how people say like, I wish I could just go back in the old times. It would be so much easier and simpler. No, it wouldn't. You have running water and electricity and you have food in your fridge. You have, you have some DiGiorno pizzas right now in your freezer. You could go home and you can make, like, you know it's good when you got frozen pizza in the freezer. Come on. I got Totino's right now in my, my house. Totino's pizza rolls, come on. It's amazing. Your life, here's, what, here's the people though. Their life was difficult. So for them to go before God or the son of man and to take time to spend with Jesus, that means they had to stop what they were doing at work. And in this day and age, you didn't have a government that said, oh, you don't wanna work? Well, here's $5,000, just don't work. That's not how it worked back then. You know how it worked? If you, don't, if you don't work, you don't eat. There was no government that says, here's a handout. It was like, no, 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 you, you just don't eat. So for them to sit down, they work six days a week, 12 hours a day. They were busy, busy, busy people working so they could provide for their families. And in this day and age, they spent time invested at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because it meant that they were truly giving God their time away from their responsibilities. They made time. So here's my first idea this morning. Here's what it is. Jesus is worthy of my time and my attention. So oftentimes we're stuck and we have obstacles in our life. And I'll ask people this all the time. So how's your walk with God? Well, what's going on? And they're like, oh, I don't really feel close to God. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what have you been up to lately? I've been too busy for a church. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Uh, have you been reading your Bible? No, yeah, I try to read my Bible. I just, uh, you know. Okay, have you been praying at all? No, you know, I'm so, I don't have enough time for that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you have obstacles in your life. You have things that are holding you back. And then I ask about, I ask about spiritual things and it's usually like, I don't have enough time or energy for all that stuff. I got too many real problems and I'm like, hold up, hold up, time out, time out. See, when you determine to yourself that, man, God is really, he's not just the Lord of my, he's not just my salvation. He's the Lord of my life. He's not just my ticket to get to heaven. He, I actually pick up my cross and I follow him. Like, and sometimes it's splintery and sometimes it hurts. And, and sometimes it actually costs me something to follow Jesus. It actually, it's actually difficult because I actually got to prioritize my schedule to give God time, and here's what happens. I think sometimes, I think sometimes we make it difficult to follow God because we don't prioritize him in our schedule. 
there's a crazy stat. The average person, Christian, like born again believer, goes to church 1.7 times per month. So it's like, if you're here today, it's like the average person, I'm like, I'll see you next month probably-ish, one and a half times. That's about 20, 20 times per year on average, okay? So if you think about an hour service, you're giving God in a corporate setting worship about 20 hours of your, of your year, 20 hours. Most, let me ask you this, compared to your Netflix watching and your, and your time on social media, how is that com- in comparison? Now I understand God is not in a building, God's not in this, like we're in a, like a music hall right now. It's an old building. This is not some holy place where, where the Holy Spirit dwells all week and we come in and we, oh, no, there was like some heavy metal band here this last week, right? But let me ask you this. If God, if we're giving God in a corporate setting about 20 hours a year on average, where we're using our gifts and we're fellowshipping with other people, and I'm not including like small groups and serving, but you should be doing that. But think about it. We wonder why we're not seeing spiritual breakthrough in the church. We wonder why we're not seeing, when, 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 we're, not, when we're giving God a, like a, throwing up a prayer before, and I've been guilty of this. Lord, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat. And sometimes our prayer life is about as deep as the kiddie pool in my backyard. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not always there. But can, what, what would happen if we actually took this seriously? And you're like, you know what? I'm going to make Jesus worthy of my time. I'm going to, let me challenge you. If you call active church your home, be in the house. Lean in. Like, like make it a priority. Like, like not just like, not just like I'm gonna come and I'm gonna help out sometimes. No, no, like, like make the community of Christ a priority in your life. If you're not at active church, then find a church and do it there. If you're just visiting, find a place where you can really sink your teeth and go, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant some roots. I'm gonna get rooted in this church. I'm not gonna make Jesus a part of my life. Instead, I'm gonna build my life on the solid rock of Christ because that's exactly how I'm gonna weather the storms when they come. He's a solid rock. Come on, somebody. It goes on. Some man came bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four people. Background real quick. Disabled people were looked at as second-rate citizens. I know it's terrible. It's sad. But if you were paralyzed or invalid, you were actually viewed as someone that sinned. Like, oh, you must have sinned really bad if you, if you're, you can't use your legs. Like, you're, you're a sinner. Or we see through uh, the New Testament writings that they either thought you sinned or your parents sinned. So basically you were being punished for your behavior. That's what, that's what a lot of religious people thought back in this day and age. So in other words, you were a second rate citizen and they would place you outside of the community. But, and here's what people do with, with church too, I think. They do to themselves. They have a, here's their obstacle. A lot of people, maybe you've been there, you look at people's lives from the outside and you, you compare yourself spiritually. And you look at someone that, that is maybe viewed, you look at them as like someone that's like spiritual and you look at yourself because you know all your stuff and you think, well, certainly God doesn't want me around, around him. Like certainly he doesn't want me to be close to him. He, he likes to use spiritual people that have everything, everything right. And so what happens is, people end up disqualifying themselves from being used by God because they think, well, God wants nothing to do with me, so I'm gonna stay far away from God. I say it like this, every person, so you know, every person has a place in the presence of God. Every person that you know, 
Even that one friend that's crazy. Everyone's got that crazy friend, right? Every person that you know has a place in the presence of Jesus. These four guys, in spite of the man's condition, they saw him and they go, the best thing that we can do for this, our friend over here, is to bring him to Jesus. I remember we had a launch party. We were probably, I think, our third launch party. It was at this, uh, this like German restaurant downtown. They've since closed. And, uh, and I remember we, we went there and there was a gal that came up and she came with a friend and um, I could tell she felt kind of uncomfortable and it was just kind of an awkward. We did these launch parties before we launched the church. So, you know, uh, we started meeting up in different places around town and we'd have like, you know, co- free coffee, free donuts, whatever. It was kind of like a mixer. We do some fun games. And then at the end, I'd be like, hey, what's up? I'm Adam. Uh, I'm the lead pastor of Active Church. My wife, Stacy. Hey, we'd love to connect with you. We're launching a church in, in Slow, and we just want to be a place where people can, can know God and find freedom from their past so they can discover all that God has for them. And it was really like not awkward, like, hey, we're going to pray for you now. We didn't do like this awkward. We just were like, we just want you to know like, man, God wants to use you. And if you want to connect with us, we'd love to connect with you. Well, this girl beelined right afterwards. She was like, um, not me, not me. And uh, I, I, I'm weird. Like I'm always looking at the person. I don't know why I, this, this is my nature. I think because I came from a non-church background, I'm always looking for the person in the back row. Like when I pray, like I prayed for you this morning, I prayed with the person in the back row in mind, the person, the figurative back row too. The person's like, ah, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm over this whole God thing. She was there. Matter of fact, she had said no to God many times since she had come to Cal Poly. She had since she was almost graduated. And I said, hey, hey, what's your name? And my, my wife and I went and talked to her. And she goes, honestly, she's like, I just don't know if this whole church thing is for me. I said, what do you mean? And so we started talking. And what I found out was that she was like, my lifestyle doesn't really reflect anything that you're trying to teach. So I'm, I'm basically not, I'm not who you're looking for. And I remember looking at Stacy, and, I'm, and I, I don't know exactly what I said, but it's something to the effect of like, I don't know what you think we're trying to do, but the local church is not like some social club for people that have it all figured out. It's for broken people that need a savior, that need a redeemer, that need someone to put their life back in order again. I said, your life, I know it may not look like what you want right now, but I'm telling you, God wants to use you and he's not done with you. Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, God wants to heal you and redeem you and use you for his purposes. And she began to cry. It's like she'd never heard someone say, God isn't done with you yet. You may have said no to him. You may have denied him in your actions, but man, God still has a place for you in his house. That's we're about at Active Church, okay? So she started serving and she helped us for six months. She helped us get the church off the ground. And I'm so grateful that she did because every person, every single person has a place in the presence of Jesus. Here's another thought. Even though God knows the worst of you, he thinks the best of you. Even though God, he knows all your stuff. He knows everything that you've done. He still thinks the best of you. Here, here, check this out. Since, it goes on. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, here's what they did. They made an opening in the roof, which just cracks me up. They ripped up the roof, ripped open the roof, and they, they came in and they started digging through it. And when they lowered the man, and then they lowered the mat that the man was lying on, And when Jesus saw the friend's faith, when he saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, 
son, your sins are forgiven. This guy got healed because of his friend's faith, not his. He, he might've thought like, that'd be cool one day if I could go see Jesus, but I'm just gonna, say, I'm gonna hang out right here for, for as long as I need to. Can I tell you something? You need some friends like this. That when you're going through it, they're not like, yeah, they're gonna sit with you, but they're not gonna let you sit there very long. They're gonna put their arm around you and say, I love you and I'm for you. And man, yeah, that sucks. I know you're going through it. But let's, let's go, let's get close to God together. Let's pray. You need a friend that's like, hey, can I pray for you? Can I, hey, come over, hang out, let's hang out. Hey, come to church, I don't wanna go. Well, hey, I'm gonna come over to you. We're gonna hang out today. Like, find some friends, they're gonna build you up because here's why. Your community either brings you closer to Jesus or draws you away from Jesus. Your community is either gonna help you get closer to Jesus or it's gonna be pulling you away. So let me ask you, how's your inner circle? How's the people in, that you do life with? Are they helping you know God more and more? Or is it like, is, was it cool for a season to hang out with these people, but now you're looking at your life and where you wanna be? And it's, they're, not, they're not living at that address anymore. They're actually living at the address that you used to be at. I'm not saying you have to be uh, judgmental and have to make a declaration like, gentlemen, I no longer can befriend you. I'm going somewhere new. The Lord has taken me higher. Like, no, <laughs> don't be that guy. I bid you farewell. Now you just need to find some people that are gonna get, help you get close to Jesus. And so they drop this guy through the roof, but check this out. This man for his whole life was surrounded by disabled people. He, he was surrounded, his, his community most likely were people that had the exact same problems as him. And that's what we do, don't we? We'll find people that struggle with the same thing we do. And we just, oh man. Work sucks. Man, it's hot. Man, the, the gas prices are so high. I mean, I got one's true, but. Uh. And what we do is we find people that we can, we can relate to. And finally, this paralyzed man, watch this. He let an outside group of men speak into his life and say, bro, there's a guy named Jesus that's in town and he can heal your life. He can actually make you walk again. We believe, you can, we believe God can do it through him. So let's bring you there. And he allowed someone to speak into his life. Let me be real, real careful with what I say right now. Be very cautious about who you let speak into your life. But when you find people that love God and are genuine and people of character and they're not perfect, but man, you know that they're walking with God. When they speak into your life and they say something that rubs you the wrong way or challenges you a little bit, don't push away from those people, even though you want to. Don't push away with a, the friend that says speaks truth in love. You don't need to push away from them. You need to figure out how you can get around people like that because I'm telling you sometimes it's the people in your life that are pointing you towards truth and pointing you back to Jesus. They're gonna help you have a breakthrough in your life. Don't pick friends that will enable you. Pick friends that will empower you. That's the thought today. Pick the right friends. There's always gonna be obstacles to get to Jesus. Pick friends that are gonna help you break through some of those obstacles. It goes on. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there and they were thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? 
He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Here's the next thought. Refuse to let man's limited experience keep you from God's limitless power. Some of you guys are listening to people tell you why things can't work. You can't start a business in this, in this economy. You can't thrive in this economy. You can't, you can't your, you know, your relationship can't survive after that. You're, it's done. It's broken. Leave him. Leave her. She, this is dumb. Just don't, you should have never married her anyways. You should have never married All these things people are telling, you get bad advice. All of a sudden you're like, you start getting around the wrong people. Bad advice will come your way and people will start speaking negative things over your life. And these religious guys are like, no, you can't do that. They had a limited mindset of who God was and what he could do. You can't be used by God now. You're, you're used goods. Listen, Jesus walks on the scene and says, I can do the impossible. Jesus walks up on scene and is like, you know what? I can do what you think can't be done. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not in a box. God is not in a box. And religious people will always try to put God in a box. Religious people always say, well, here's the right translation, brother. Here's, you're reading the wrong Bible translation. Let me, let me give you this version. God only, uses, God only speaks to the King James version. It's like, What? Religious people, oh, you can't have a church. I remember we, we planted the church. Oh, you can't. That's where church plants go to die, they said. And if you don't have this type of ministry, you're not going to survive in San Luis Obispo. I'm like, okay. What is, it, what is it that the people that, what are people that are religious trying to tell you about your life? Can't be used by God. Religious people know exactly what God and can't, he can and can't do. They know how he can heal, how he can't. Religious people, they were trying to put Jesus in a box. I've kind of tell you, Jesus came to break down these boxes so he could show you that man, God can do all things. That there's hope when you come to Jesus. Like he can literally take broken things that the world says that can never happen. That's impossible. And God says, watch what can happen when Jesus shows up on scene in your life. Watch what happens when you start surrendering your life to God. Because with God, every sin is forgivable. Every sickness is healable and every past is redeemable. Everything. Which is easier to say, it goes on. To this paralyzed man, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. I have a mat over here. Brandon, will you hand me that mat? It's right here. I'm gonna show you my mat. It's real. It's a real mat. There you go. Thanks, buddy. I stole this from the nursery. Don't tell them. It's all clean. Oh. So here's our mat. We're sitting there on our mat. And I imagine this guy, I don't know how he's sitting. I can barely sit Indian style, so this is me. <laughs> Crisscross applesauce, sorry. I'm on, I'm, this is my mat. And I'm going I'm to sit here, and this is what we do. We sit on our mat, and we think, well, God can't do anything for me, so I'll just sit here. And I think the craziest thing is, so oftentimes, you have a mat. Your mat is the thing that used to hold you back. 
It's the thing that kept you from God. It's the obstacle that kept you from being known and loved by people. And some of you guys, here's what happens. We get saved, we get healed. And here's the saddest thing. Here's, here's, the, here's the worst part. We get saved and God does a work in our life and we willingly surrender our life to Jesus. We willingly give God our, our heart and our soul. We say, God, I, I surrender my life to you and I believe that you died and you rose again. And so God does a work in our life, but then we have a problem, we have a mat, and we say, yeah, but God, he can't heal this mat. Yeah, you don't know about this relationship problem I have. You don't know about this addiction. You don't know how long I've struggled with these thoughts. You don't know what it's like inside of my head. So yeah, I, I believe God can, can heal me, but here's what happens. The mat becomes part of who you are. And so and here's what happens. We go, yes, God, I believe you. Yes, I raised my hand. Maybe God saved you four or five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you had a moment with God. And you're like, yes, Lord, I believe you. And then God says, okay, that first part, that part took faith. Now he's like, get up. It's time to get up. But God, what, what, if, what if I look silly? What if I look dumb? No, 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 it's time to get up. And we go, no, 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 I, I don't know if I can get up now. Because, see, we oftentimes, we look at works, like faith without works is dead. And we go, well, works are bad, you know, it's like, no, it's all about grace. Yeah, it's all about grace, that's God's part. But let me challenge you, the next part, you have to take some action with your faith in order for you to see God's breakthrough in miracles. It doesn't just happen on its own. It actually requires you to get up. And so the man gets up. And I love this. He gets up, and, and, and then here's what happens. Get up, and he goes, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. And now Jesus tells him to get up and walk. And I just wonder how many of us have experienced salvation, but if we were to be honest, we're not really walking with God today. We have forgiveness, we have salvation, but we're not walking towards the things that God has for us. We've stayed on the ground because to experience the impossible, watch this, we have to be willing to obey the illogical. Now, God didn't save you from your mat. We can have a band come up. God didn't save you from your mat so you could stay in your limitations. I wonder if anyone here today, maybe you're saying, yeah, God, God healed my life. Like there was a time where he did something, he marked your life. But sometimes we get to this place where we go, you know what, I can accept God for my forgiveness of my sins. But I don't know if he can heal that problem. And until we make Jesus, I'm telling you guys, until we make Jesus the answer for everything in our life, not just a part, sometimes we like to give Jesus like, okay, I gave him my life and Sundays he's got me and, and then I'll pray to him. Sometimes. No, no, no. Until we make him the answer for everything that we're going through, we're not gonna see the miracles in our life, in our life that God wants us to experience. I wonder what the greatest miracle is in this story. So he got up, he took his mat, 
And he walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. But watch this, don't miss it. He got up, and he took his mat. He took it. He's like, Jesus is like, hey, take your mat and walk. He's like, all right. So he gets, he's got these new legs, he's got these new like ligaments, new thighs. He's like, this is awesome. And because if it was me, you know what I'd do? I'm like, Smith, get this thing out of here. Had this thing for 30 some years, man, forget that thing. No, no, Jesus is like, hey, pick up your mat. Take this thing with you. Why? Why would he, ta- why would he tell him to take his mat? Maybe it's because when he'd go up in the, he'd go walk down the street, they're like, hey, bro, you're healed. He's like, I know. And weeks later, he'd be walking around and he'd be like hanging out. And they're like, you're the guy. That was you hanging out. You got, yeah, I remember your friends lowered you from the roof. He's like, I know, it's crazy. And here's what we do as Christians. We, we take our healing. We take our miracle. We take, God saves your marriage. He saves your life. He restores you from addiction. He restores you from a broken home. He takes you from a place where you are hurting to a place where you're whole. And we have a moment with God where he says a miracle in our life lives but we leave our mat we leave it there and God's like no 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 no! I need you to pick up your mat because it's not for you it's not because you're gonna need it again it's because people around you need to see that you were once broken and far off that you've been sober now for 40 years or 20 years you have a new life you're not the same person you used to be that God's made you anew and it's all because of what Jesus did for you so you could look at people and go, man, this is my testimony. I'm not, I'm not always, what you see right now is a byproduct of God because I used to be just like you. I used to have some broken parts of my life, but because God, I gave my life to Jesus. Man, I gave my life to the Lord. This is my mat. Let me tell you what, if he did it for me, he could totally do it for you. That's the God we serve. Some of you need to go home. If you're trying to have a baby, you have a failed pregnancy test again, you need to save one of those. Don't throw it out. Save that pregnancy test that says, no, no baby. Because one day you're gonna have that baby. And you could frame that thing, put it in the baby's room. And one day someone's gonna come over and go, what is that? And you go, let me tell you about this. That's my mat. Because God promised that we were gonna have another kid and we were believing God, but man, we kept having failed pregnancy after failed pregnancy, but God came into our life. We surrendered our life again and God, that's my mat. So we have a healthy baby now and that's my mat. If God did it then, he can do it again. Some of you need to remember the times where God came through for you and you're going through something today. You're like, I don't think God can do it. Yes, he can. And if you pick up your mat and you remember, man, if he did it then, he can do it again because that's the God that we serve. Because here's the big deal. The miracle from, G- from Jesus starts with you, but it should never stay with you. The miracle that God wants to do in your life, it'll start with your life, but it will never, it should never stay with you. You should be able to tell people, man, look at what God has done. I wanna sing this out. Let's, let's sing that last song. Let's. Let's sing, sing that God is good. I want us to stand to our feet right now. Yes, Jesus.